Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden. We'll be hosting the show as usual, aka STL Cardinals 84 in the DFS streets. Uh, coming off a fun week last week at the Northern Trust, and uh, it was uh, was definitely an interesting tournament. Great to see Tony Finau take it down. I have to give Noto some credit. Uh, he helped talk me on to Finau last week. Uh, during the show so uh, that was nice and uh, I would have been super frustrated to completely miss that boat so had an outright ticket on him and a pretty good week at DFS as well and uh, was really sweating the big GPP there on DraftKings up until Monday afternoon didn't quite take that down but uh, was still a pretty wild sweat uh, and a fun tournament there last week and a lot of the pros don't like Liberty National but uh, even with all the rain pretty impressive that they were able to to get through that final round on Monday. So uh, we didn't know much of anything for the BMW championship here until Tuesday uh, because the, uh, the, the last week's event, you know, was needed to be determined to, to get the field for this week. So a little bit of a scramble getting things ready to go this week, but we've got salaries. We've got uh, lineup HQ tools up and running at Roto grinders, and we're ready to do the show here with you tonight. So I will bring in my co-host, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious. Nota, what's going on? How much? Uh, first off, yeah, huge congrats to you. Uh, nearly took down the 250K, but, uh, you know, uh, would you end up finishing, fourth or fifth? Fifth, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so that's still a big payday. Congrats on the Fino outright. Yeah, I think uh, you probably owe Wiley some credit, too. He offered to have a baby with Tony Fino. And, uh, yeah, the decreasing uh, baby swag or diminishing returns of the baby swag. Uh, we got to keep that in mind for future future picks. Uh, I laughed at when someone followed up there on Twitter that that would be his 15th uh, child after <laughs> I had forgot. Last week's show was so wild, I kind of forgot about uh, that part of it there afterwards. But, uh, yeah, fun tournament. Congrats to Fino. Um, a little bit shocking to see John Rom let that one slip away there uh, towards the end. But Fino and, and Cam Smith capitalized, and uh, Fino ends up getting the W there. So, it was just a, a crazy event 
And uh, I know you like to make one main lineup. How'd that work for you last week? Yeah, it was good. I ended up getting six of six and had Finau in it. Um, the rest of the team was pretty bad, but it was good enough to carry me to, you know, three X or so. And then I uh, also had Finau outright. So yeah, pretty good week for me. And uh, yeah, the, the chat's already talking about the guest the golfer segment. I mean, first we had Norlander withdrew before it started. And then uh, last week, who was it last week? Matt Wallace, one round <laughs> and he withdrew because he was a thousand over par. Yeah. So uh, we decided I'm not in charge of making the pick this week. And uh, yeah, I was telling Devin, uh, we should name it Surmise Noto's Demise segment because uh, <laughs> yeah, my picks have been terrible for that. Uh, Noto said he was off all the guys that I suggested. So that means we're in the clear, uh, that, uh, we got a good pick for you. Uh, I guess it's, I'm on the hook this week if it's, uh, if it's a clunker. So, uh, we'll get to that <clears throat> in a little while with our uh, favorite values. Probably won't be a full hour here uh, with you tonight. We've only got 69 golfers, I believe in the field, the full 70 that qualified minus Patrick Reed, who has an ankle injury and then also has pneumonia. Uh, and has been in the hospital. So, um, yeah, I hope he gets uh, better. Uh, not necessarily the worst absence uh, in terms of my DFS play because I never get him right anyway. So uh, we will be without Patrick Reed. The rest of the top 70 um, will be uh, in the field at the BMW Championship and uh, other takeaways from uh, from the event last week for you. It's just so awesome to see Finau finally get it done. Um, you know, Cam Smith tied it up there, I think, on 17. And Finau was in the bunker, hit it to six feet. I was just waiting for that putt to miss and then for him to lose by one and uh, for the storylines to continue. So, yeah, uh, and he did it done, and he, he took the round over. I mean, 65, shot the lowest round of anyone uh, on the day, and a little bit surprising to see Rom kind of falter there at the end. I think that short drivable par four uh, kind of got him the last three rounds. He ended up uh, par, double, par, uh, when everyone else was just making birdies on that hole. Then I saw a tweet. I think he led 63 or 67 holes of the 72 uh, and one. And then at the U.S. Open, uh, he only led two holes and one. So just goes to show you, golf's crazy. Uh, you're always in it. And uh, yeah, big congrats to Fina. We've been uh, playing him forever. And I think we're almost halfway back to even. <laughs> I posted I was only down 80% lifetime. <laughs> um, and that was my tweet. In my tweet, I said, now I'm only down 80% lifetime. And somebody said, well, you must be down double on him because, uh, because you know, that's what people like to bet Finau. I'm like, I literally said that uh, in the tweet. I'm not denying. Probably still down on Finau overall. It's not 80%, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was nice to see him get that uh, get that done and, and finally be able to not have to answer questions about that all the time like he does. So um, good for him. And, uh, and now he takes over the FedEx Cup points lead because – the playoff uh, points format's a little bit wonky, and, uh, and so he just jumps all the way up to the lead. Uh, but that's another story for another day. So uh, also, Keith Mitchell birdied the last three holes. He needed all three of them, birdied the last three to make it through. So uh, he's on house money this week, uh, Keith Mitchell is, after that uh, three-birdie streak to finish the round, including on a couple tough holes there at the end. So uh, that was the other thing that I noticed from that uh, final round. All right, we've got the BMW this week. Uh, this tournament changes venues all the time. So uh, we've got, I believe, Caves Valley Golf Course in Owings Mills, Maryland uh, as the host course this week. And this has never been used as a PGA Tour event. It's hosted some junior events, uh, some amateur events way back. It's still, it's been a while even for that. So uh, basically everybody getting a fresh look at this and not having as much time to prepare uh, with last week's tournament bleeding over into Monday. Uh, Lee Westwood was very unhappy about that, and I'm sure some other guys were as well. But 
Uh, what do we know about this course this week that everyone's going to get to see for the first time? Yeah, so on paper, it seems like it should be a fairly difficult course, but that's not what we're hearing uh, at all. Everyone kind of seems to be saying it's a birdie fest. Uh, even the course superintendent said uh, he expected this course to be really low and that if you want to be aggressive on this course, both off the tee and with your uh, approach shots. So uh, overall, 7,500 yards, four par fives, all between 550 and 600 yards. And then the par fours are kind of interesting. You have three short ones, uh, less than 370. So uh, I got to imagine a couple of days, those will be drivable. Um, and then uh, six par fours over 450. So um, interesting mix of holes. All of the par threes are over 190 yards. So I'm expecting a lot of long iron shots. Um, bent grass greens, the greens here are pretty small. The fairways are very narrow. Um, you know, they're more narrow than Harbortown and Torrey Pines, uh, some of the more narrow courses on tour. So be interesting to see if the rough plays a, a factor at all. Uh, but for the most part, I'm looking at bombers. I'm looking at birdie makers. No cut this week. So um, it's a good week to both take chances. And I think it's a good week to fade the chalk as well. Um, it's a new course. And, you know, everyone's kind of just gravitating to the few guys like they do every week. So um, I think it's a good week to get a little bit different. Yeah, and you know, with uh, getting four rounds from everybody, kind of mitigates some of that risk of of taking some of those chances, but uh, also lends itself to the uh, the viability of some stars and scrubs builds, uh, since you know you can take a shot on some of that six k value. So, um, really interesting to see that you know this is projected to play so easy. I mean, it's a seventy five hundred yard course. Yeah. You mentioned the the fairways being narrow. It says they've grown the rough out to four inches in some spots. So. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just, and guys haven't seen it before. So it's not like they're going to know the, you know, how to read all the greens and all that. Uh, and uh, we thought it, the same thing last year at this uh, event at Olympia Fields. And which it was, the winning score was what, four or five under? Yeah, it was like a major. So I'm kind of in line with you. Don't really think we should peg a certain, you know, uh, type of player just based on the winning score. Yeah, man, everybody's playing the same course, so it'll it'll work its way out uh, in the end. But interesting for those that might want to bet, you know, winning score markets. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hard to peg this week. So uh, we'll see if they get to twenty under again, like they did last week. But all right, let's go ahead and start breaking it down again. Only sixty nine golfers in the field. Probably won't take us uh, as long as usual to get through this. Uh, and you know, we don't have uh, Wiley making offers uh, or giving out promo codes um to to help you know kill a little bit more time tonight but that's all right we'll uh we'll get through it and you know i mentioned that stars and scrubs builds are more viable because you're getting four rounds from everybody so i guess we can discuss ron by himself i mean he finishes third 18 under par and you feel like he he screwed up you know that he he, he choked and you know, it's probably not fair, but it just goes to show you the expectations that everybody has for John Rahm at this point, where his last four starts, third, third, seventh, first, you know, he had a couple positive COVID tests in there, would have won the Memorial, but had to withdraw um, from that with one of the, one of those positive COVID tests. If you include that, where his game log on DraftKings says he missed the cut, but he, he didn't, he was going to run away with that tournament. Um, if you include him winning that, theoretically or you know finishing in the top five whatever uh that'd be six top tens six top eights in a row uh heading up to this event i mean really we haven't seen uh this kind of steady play at the top for a long time now i mean it's kind of been 
little stretches from DJ maybe about a year ago, Rory. Uh, but, uh, you know, Rams is right up there with anything that we've seen over the last five or six years for sure. So uh, what do we do with them? I mean, the value is there and easy to get in this week. So if you're building one lineup or you're playing cash games this week or, you know, you, do you have to get Rom in there at the top? I don't know. I don't think you have to. I think he deserves to be the number one guy for sure. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it, the DJ run last fall, maybe the Rory run uh, last spring before, you know, the pandemic. Um, both those guys were just on a tear, but Rom seems a little bit more extended than that. Um, last 11 events, he's got uh, nine top nines, which is just crazy uh, worldwide. And you mentioned it. He just doesn't have a weakness. Um, he's always there. He's hit fairways. He's long off the tee. Irons have really improved this year and, you know, that we know about the short game. So I think he deserves to be number one. I'm going to have a bunch in MME. Naturally, I like to be more balanced uh, in single entry. So I'll probably not use him. But um, if I was making if I was telling somebody to play the safest play on the board, it would be wrong for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, it, it's interesting because you can look at the builds with him and a, you know, a low end play or, you know, two nine K ish plays. Um, I, I, as of now kind of lean towards the ROM build, but it's, it is pretty close. Uh, and then, you know, after that, you've got Shoffley, his price is up there at 11, one, uh, decent week last week, but a second round 62, no other rounds in the sixties. Uh, so it was a little bit strange from him and then Spieth ejecting on the final round with a 79. Uh, he's yeah. up there at 10, eight. Uh, and then we've got uh, Justin Thomas finally had a pretty good week. We've got DJ, uh, who has been really frustrating. Uh, been on a lot of cut lines lately when he's been popular. Uh, missed the cut by a stroke or two here last week. And then uh, Kepka still question marks with him. And there's kind of rumblings of Morikawa being a little bit banged up. So that's part of the reason why I think, you know, starting with Rom makes sense uh, because I, I just I think there's question marks with a lot of the other 10K guys. Uh, to where either you're starting in the nines or you're getting up to ROM in a single entry build. Like, not that I don't like some of these guys, but I don't think there's anybody between 10K and 11, you know, that you have to have. So you got anybody in there? Yeah, uh, it's a great point. I agree 100%. I think starting with ROM or starting with, you know, two or three guys in the 9K range makes a little more sense. Uh, a lot of the guys in the 9K range we've seen be, you know, 10K plus for most of the season. Yeah, Bryson, Rory, uh, Cantlay, even Louie. So, uh, yeah, I like the idea of starting in the nines. Um, but if I am, you know, picking one guy up there, I like JT quite a bit. Um, he gained 7.9 strokes ball striking last week, and he went back to his old putter. I think it was from college. Um, somebody, you know, made a joke. If he's putting so bad, he should go back to the putter he used to putt with, and he did it. And, uh, you know, he finally looked pretty good on the greens. So I like that. Um, if he can keep it in play off the tee, I think he's going to be interesting. Uh, kind of with you, DJ's been frustrating. Uh, you know, I had a ton of speed last week, so that was terrible. He lost six strokes off the tee, um, one of the worst ever uh, in his career. So hard to see him, uh, you know, contending if he's going to be in trouble off the tee again. Uh, Xander's consistent. He's fine. Uh, Brooks is interesting, though. Uh, he's kind of been just lingering, uh, I would say, and then kind of ejecting. He kind of ejected on Sunday, too. But I think he's a guy that could win. Probably not going to garner a ton of ownership. And uh, just a guy that doesn't rate out well in models, but I think he could be interesting. Yeah, don't mind him in GPPs. Um, otherwise, you know, Justin Thomas is my favorite as well. Uh, Kepka and, and DJ, maybe if you're lo looking to get a little different in GPPs. Um, worried a little bit about Morikawa. 
definitely off speed this week after that uh, performance off the tee last week. So um, Thomas and then Kepka, DJ, interesting tournament options, I think, this week. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move into the uh, the 9K range. And I, I, you just mentioned him. So I want to start with Bryson because, you know, there was all the talk about the fans getting in his head and whatever they want to chant and shout. You, you know, you, we've all read this and he's blown off the media and all this stuff, the caddy change, lots of stuff that's been going on with Bryson over the past month that hasn't been exactly endearing. Um, but yet, you know, played pretty steady last week, made 25 birdies and an Eagle uh, just made a few too many bogeys. Uh, I, I think it was the first round where he only made two pars uh, the whole round and the rest were birdies or bogeys for 16 holes, which plays well for fantasy scoring. I mean, he had 90 fantasy points despite finishing 31st. But you look at the layout of this course, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. There's a lot of long par fours where he could have wedges coming in. There's a couple shorter par fours that could potentially be more drivable for him than others. And all of the par fives are under 600 yards. So this feels like a course where the layout of it is one that Bryson could take advantage of with his length. Um, and, and, you know, that makes him an interesting option. I think in the nine Ks, of course, you got last week's winner Finau in here as well. Rory as cheap as we've seen him in a long time at 9,400. Uh, you've got Cantley, you've got Hovland, uh, you've got Berger in here too. And then of course, you know, Ustazen back this week and Cam Smith, who was in the playoff last week. So, uh, to your point, lots of guys to where you could start a lineup in the nine K's and feel pretty good about it. So uh, how do you break that down? And particularly first, I guess we can talk about the, your thoughts on how the course translates to Bryson's game. Yeah. I mean, just the description of the course with the narrow fairways, sort of thick, rough, uh, really long. It kind of reminds me of when he won the U S open uh, and just kind of ran away with it. Obviously it's going to be a lot easier. Uh, than that course was but um, yeah bombs it off the tee he did gain eight strokes ball striking last week in addition to those 25 birdies that you mentioned um, so I like him quite a bit he opened at 35 to 1 on DraftKings and that just got hammered uh, it was down to 25 to 1 in like an hour um, so I wish I would have uh, gotten on that but yeah I think uh, he's certainly interesting I like starting lineups with him um, did you hear he's entering the long drive I did I saw that so who knows what's in his head right now? Um, he's probably more volatile than a lot of these guys. I think Cantlay's a lot safer. I think Hoffman's a lot safer. Uh, I think for single entry, those would be two guys I would look at for sure. Um, MME, I do like Bryson quite a bit. You mentioned Rory. He kind of struggled last week. Uh, lost four strokes on approach, which is one of his worst in a long time. But I'll take the discount with him as well. Um, then the guys at the top, do you have any interest? I mean, we've seen guys get hot in the playoffs. Do you think Finau can keep it going? Got the monkey off his back. Nobody's going to play him. Um, and it's basically 7,500 yard, bent grass greens, exact same as last I week. think it's crazy if he's only 5% owned. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I get the narrative about, but if anything, it's liberating for him. And I don't think he's the type that's going to just rest on it. And, I mean, he's the, he's the FedEx Cup points leader now. And then mm. – you know, you get a two-stroke lead at the new format of the Tour Championship, like it behooves him to try to stay up as high as he can um, and, you know, and try to keep that lead heading into next week. And you look, we got – right now we got Finout 5%. We've got Rory at 20. Um, you know, that's a fifth of a quarter of the ownership. And, like, if they played this tournament four times, yeah, I think Finau beats it, in, you know, more than once. So 
uh, or, you know, two out of five times at least or something like that. So yeah, he'll be in my player pool for sure at 5%. Like uh, I'm, I'm with you. I usually don't like to play last week's winner, but at that ownership with his game and the way it fits this course, uh, I can't just, and he did me right last week too. So I can't just <laughs> let it go. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'm going to have some too. And I think this is just, this is the one time to play guys coming off the win because they still have so much motivation. Uh, if anything, now they're going for the 15 million or what is it? 20 million now? I don't know. It's a lot of million. It's a lot of million. Uh, and he's got a lot of kids, so uh, <laughs> he needs some money. Um, I think Louie's interesting. He should be well-rested um, as long as the neck wasn't bothering him. So I like Louie quite a bit. Um, and then Cam Smith, I mean, it just seems like he's overpriced. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't uh, I can't play him this week, I don't think. And, you know, kind of uh, you can tell he's pretty dejected after hitting that tee shot OB in the playoff. Um, or maybe it's just a little I, – I, last week was so wild. I had Reed. Of course I had Reed in my GPP pool last week. And we've got time, so I can tell the story. And so I woke up. As I always do, 30 minutes before lock, and I see that Reed has withdrawn. So I grow great. I got to figure out what to do with Reed and all these lineups. And I don't particularly want to redo them all and rebuild them and redo my script and all that. So usually you just look for the global swap. So the easiest global swap was Cam Smith or Adam Scott, because I didn't have either of them in my player pool. Uh, so I global swapped all of my Reed to Cam Smith. And then I thought, well, I've still got 25 minutes. Maybe I shouldn't be lazy. I kind of like Hideki at like 8% ownership. So I redid all my lineups and I got, you know, I almost won the GPP with Hideki. And Cam Smith, in theory, was the guy that could have been in there with my global swap. Now, I don't know. I will probably yeah. wouldn't even have that same lineup because I reran my whole script. It's hard to say how it, you know, shook out. But uh, it was just so wild that originally I global swapped everything to Smith and then reworked it to get Hideki and then Hideki ended up being on that good team. But uh, I might not have even had that build at all in my original uh, 75. So that's what I'm going to tell myself. Like yeah. otherwise, like if I took that same lineup and put, put uh, Cam Smith in there instead of Hideki, I would have won by like 50 points. Um, but uh, I, I don't think I would have had that same build. So anyway, uh, I went from no Cam Smith to like 30% Cam Smith back to no Cam Smith in the 20 minutes before lock last week. So um, I don't know, because of that, I'm not playing him this week. I know that's not great. Logic. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things you don't want to know the answer to. Um, I think it, I think it helped you, obviously um, you wouldn't have that build. So yeah. yeah, I know. I wouldn't have the same lineup with, uh, with Cam Smith instead of Hideki. So. And I'm funny like that. If I run a script of lineups, I'd try not to change it unless there's an injury or something. Cause you could swap you could swap off the good one. Uh, you'll never know. It's just funny. Yeah, and then and every, all the contests were full, so it's not like I could enter both of them. But uh, uh, my laziness of of getting Hideki <laughs> in there, and it's not, you know Hideki obviously got outplayed by Cam Smith, but still probably netted me more in the end. But uh, weird how dfs works sometimes and uh, i'd rather not have it to be uh making these swaps and changes at 5 30 in the morning for one week two weeks ago it was uh norlander uh but i just global swapped him that week and then last week it was uh reed um and then we had our other our guest the golfer pick matt wallace withdraw after one round so we're due for a week <laughs> yeah. of none of that garbage happening uh, this week we'll see if we can get lucky there 
All right. Uh, other nine Ks. Hovland was another guy that ejected. I can't remember if he said this or not. I got sidetracked, but Hovland was another guy that kind of yeah, ejected. He broke his Sunday. putter. So I'm not holding that against him. Um, putting the pulling the Keith Mitchell from a, a couple months ago. Uh, so he's interesting, but uh, I think we've kind of covered most of that. Let's go ahead and move what are you to the doing high. With, what are you doing with Berger? I don't know. As the kind of the name that was sitting there looking at me right now. Um, he made a 45-footer from off the green to make the cut last week, which annoyed me because I had him originally last week, and then when I saw that he was going to be the highest-owned guy in the field, I ended up coming off. Uh, that didn't burn me. I mean, he finished 56th and did nothing on the weekend, but um, – I don't know, like 9K, it feels like a little much. And I, I don't know. I don't have a strong take on Berger. Like, he's not going to be as chalky as he was last week. Um, how do you think he fits the course? So I guess he got, we got him at 15%, so still fairly popular. I mean, so I didn't play him last week for the same reason I probably won't play him this week. Um, going to be popular, and compared to his baseline, much better on shorter courses. Compared to his baseline, much better on Bermuda courses. Um, I like playing him and Webb together. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to be off if the 15% holds. Yeah, I'll probably end up there too. Um, because I like Scheffler at 8,900. I like Connors. Uh, I like Webb. So I think there's plenty of options. Like I think the 8K range is pretty loaded this week. So um, yeah, Scheffler, Connors, Webb, Sam Burns is going to be somewhat popular. So who's your favorite out of that uh, 8K group? Uh, I like Scheffler as well. Uh, T43 doesn't look great on paper, but uh, 5.3 strokes ball striking last week. Uh, we talked about it last week. He just plays so well in the big events. Um, so I like him quite a bit. Answer, uh, the form just, you know, predictably fell off after his win. You know, he said he didn't touch a club um, in 10 days or whatever uh, leading up to last week's event. So I don't hate him to bounce back here. Um, and then Connors, just 11 strokes ball striking um, last week's event. Um, it's just going to come down to the short game. Uh, and I think I'm willing to take a chance on the bad putters and we'll get to some of them here in a minute. Yeah. I wrote exactly that. Like this week, short prep time um, profiles as a ball strikers course. Nobody's seen these greens before. Like that gives at least a little bit of an edge to the mediocre putters because, you know, they're going to be mediocre putters no matter where they are. Um, and, you know, the good putters haven't really had as much time to, uh, you know, to prep and, and get the greens figured out. So yeah, the ball strikers that are bad putters, both of us uh, back on board this week. So I like Connors as well. I think the smaller greens help too. Not going to yeah. have as many long putts, hopefully. Not as many 60 or 70 putters. Um, see quite a few of those last week, uh, quite a few long putts. Uh, getting those uh, lagged up to the right spots helped uh, for a lot of guys that, uh, that were at the top there. Other 8K options, uh, let's see. So it looks like you've got uh, Casey tagged up in there. Like, is this a, a spot where you might look to get, say, two or three guys uh, from this range as part of that balance build? I don't love the 8Ks. I mean, I like Scheffler. I like Casey. And other than that, I don't love the range. Um, but I do like Casey. Did you see his stats from last week? I did earlier. I don't, uh, let me find him. So yeah, he finished 264. He gained nine strokes ball striking, which was top 10 in the field. The bottom in putting? Uh, he lost 10.1 with putting and around the cream. That's not great. He's not good. Spots with Connors for the week. So clearly this is the regression week. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, he's pretty cheap too. 
Uh, Harris English, we always, you know, he's uh, been a, a, a talked about guy here this year. He's had some really high finishes. Uh, he's also been pretty chalky the last couple of months. So we've got 15% ownership on Harris English right now. Uh, I was kind of off of him last week being chalky and uh, probably going to do the same again this week, I guess. Yeah, I don't love English. Don't love Burns. Um, you know, playing him at 8K in a stack field seems bad. And then, I mean, Neiman, I keep waiting for him to, you know, have some big finishes, but he's got one of the lowest, you know, top 10, top five rates of anybody uh, in the 8K range. So I'll probably be off of him as well. Um, Sungjae is interesting. His irons have been really good uh, lately, even though I typically think of him like Berger, um, where you want to play him on those shorter Bermuda tracks. Yeah, Neiman, where did Neiman finish up? Like? He had a pretty good week. Was he just outside the top 10? T47. Really? He was another one of my guys in my main lineup that oh, just fell apart. Oh, he, mo he moved up on Saturday, got a 65. I think that got him around the top 15 or so, but I shot over par on the final round. I didn't realize he shot that bad in the final round uh, to knock him down there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I like the guys that I mentioned in that range. I, I suppose it's not quite as deep um, as some of the others, but Scheffler, Connors, uh, Simpson, I like Burns a little bit better than Noto does. Casey, um, I'm okay with Neiman at that price. I think he's pretty safe. So uh, I think you can mix and match those guys a little bit if you're multi-entering, get, get some of them in your GPP builds. All right, let's go ahead and move into the 7Ks. Uh, we've got uh, Shane Lowry's been playing some pretty consistent golf. You look at his last, uh, let's see, his last five worldwide starts, 23rd, 12th, 22nd, 23rd, 11th. So um, five straight top 25s, but none of them are top 10s. Uh, but they've come in some pretty strong field events, and you know it's pretty consistent golf. So we got Lowry there at 7,900. Uh, we've got plenty of uh, good ball strikers and bad putters in this range. If you want to take a shot on Keegan Bradley or Sergio or somebody like that, uh, get the feeling that maybe this is where Noto is headed with his bad putter argument. So uh, Keegan Bradley or Sergio, which one is it for you this week? Well, I was going to write both up and I saw you had Keegan tag. <laughs> yes. uh, so I went with Sergio as my write up uh, as my conviction play. Uh, so he had an eight on his first hole on Thursday. And then he doubled, uh, I think, his fourth or fifth hole. So he was six over after five holes and then played the rest of the two days, five under par, nearly made the cut. Uh, prior to that, he had top 26 finishes and six straight events worldwide. Uh, and you mentioned it, the great ball striking. So I'm on board there. Keegan, kind of the same argument. Um, he's much better putter on bent grass. He's also underrated around the green. Um, so I think he's interesting. And then I like the Lowry call. Yeah, he's been on fire recently. The irons have been really good. Um, he's just bad off the tee. So if he can get that together, I think he's interesting. And I mean, this should be a perfect fit for Jason Kokrak, but he's been so bad lately. What are you doing with him? Yeah, I don't mind him. Um, I mean, if the ownership gets pretty high, I don't mind the fade, but he did make 12 birdies in two rounds last week and he made eight bogeys and two doubles. So he was all over the place. Um, 18 birdies and bogeys and 14 pars, uh, um, just, just odd or actually 20, excuse me, birdies and bogeys, uh, just strange. Uh, but I guess that was the nature of that course. Um, and so he wasn't too far off. I mean, he's two strokes outside the cut line. Yeah. He is a good fit for the course. We've got him under 10% this week. I'll probably, I wouldn't play him in a single entry or anything, but I'll keep him in my multi-entry builds. Agreed. What about Kevin Na and EVR? 
So EBR um, was uh, was part of the reason I didn't end up taking that GPP down last week, thanks to the mm. quad uh, on that uh, par three, uh, which ended up costing him the all four under 70 bonus and knocking him back a few positions. But that bias aside that, you know, I'm a little bit spurned by last week, uh, he's been playing some solid golf. I mean, you know, you look at the full season numbers, they aren't that great, but he won the Barracuda. Uh, he followed that up. He made the cut at the Wyndham, made 21 birdies in that event, and then seventh last week, uh, and he was in the mix really there. He was in the final group on the on the final round. So um, the form is pretty solid, and, you know, no cut event. He's made at least 20 birdies in three straight events. So I think I'm in on EBR, um, probably out on Kevin Na, but that's because I never play him really. So <laughs> I, I don't so. really have a strong take on him. Yeah, they both uh, lost strokes ball striking last week and both finished top 10, just crazy. Uh, Kevin Na, that's kind of typical. EVR, that scares me a little. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, he was pretty wild on Sunday, um, and I didn't look at the individual round numbers for Sunday, uh, but I'd imagine his T degree numbers on Sunday were, or I guess it was Monday, were bad. Um, he was all over the place in that final round. He was, it, it was around probably should have been worse than it was. He had a shot to three feet on the par five and made an Eagle. Um, but otherwise he was just, he was everywhere and it was not comfortable watching uh, with a sweat <laughs> on the line for sure. Especially you got to roll with him though. He, he got you there almost. Yeah, no, I mean, the Eagle was huge and, and still finished inside the top 10. So uh, it was a nice recovery after that uh, seven on the par three. I mean, I think you can take some shots down here. Guys like Varner, um, you know, McNeely's been playing okay. I, I noticed, uh, first thing I noticed when I looked at our numbers in uh, lineup HQ is that it looks like uh, your uh, metrics really like Hoffman at 7K this week. Yeah, they do, and they really liked him last week, and I faded him because he hadn't played. He played once in seven weeks, and he missed the cut at the Open, so I was worried about rust. Played pretty good, uh, T21. I think he was in the 6K range uh, last week. So I'll probably play some Hoffman this week. I like the McNeely call. Uh, top 30s in six straight events, historically better on longer courses. And then my model hates Cam Champ because uh, he's been bad forever, but he's been playing some good golf. Uh, the ball striking has been good. Last four starts, T27, T31, a win, and T11. And you don't have to worry about him missing the cut. So I think Cam Champ is a, a little interesting, even though my model tells me otherwise. <laughs> you got to override it, right? Override those yeah. uh, inputs a little bit. Yeah, I've, I have gotten him wrong most of this year. I played him a little bit too early. Um, yeah, he won at the 3M, finished 11th at the John Deere. Uh, I played him at the Rocket Mortgage where he shot a second round 77 and then said that was enough for a while. And then he went 11th and, and win right after that. So thanks for that. Mr. Champ, uh, I was a couple weeks too early, but uh, that's all right. That's the way it goes. Uh, Noren's been playing pretty well, too. He had a pretty good result there last week. Uh, Tringali, always a little bit popular, you know, steady finishes. I just don't know if that's what we're looking for in a no-cut event, um, you know, with the playoffs. Like that, the 35th place steady finish of, of Tringali or Harmon or guys like that. Just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that's what we should be going for in a no-cut event. Yep, I agree. That's kind of why I'm a little lower on Neiman. He just, he's, he's like a guy that makes every single cut, yeah. but, um, and then he always pops and then kind of falls apart. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Harmon, Stroman, 
Um, Vegas is interesting. I said Vegas right this week. Uh, <laughs> he, he missed the cut on the number, I think, last week, and it was just a putter. He'd been playing some pretty good golf before that. Yeah, 15th, 16th, 2nd, 11th, uh, his four events prior to that. So uh, don't mind that call, too. He always tends to be kind of a boomer, boomer bust golfer, and, and that's kind of what we are looking for here. So, all right, uh, a couple of things. We'll go through uh, maybe uh, two or three little housekeeping items here. Uh, a, we're going to get to our guest to golfer segment in just a second. So uh, I guess it becomes one of my favorite golfers under 7K. <laughs> Uh, that's not going to be super chalky since Noto abstained from the uh, the voting this week. So uh, you can start throwing your guesses in there. Free week of Roto Grinders Premium for the winner. Um, hopefully we get a you know a, a new face in there. We'll see. Uh, give it. Uh, we'll limit it to, to two guesses per person and see where it goes. Uh, if you are interested in subscribing to Roto Grinders Premium, if you don't win the contest, uh, you can select specific sports to sign up for. Or you can do the combo package, uh, which includes basically everything except NASCAR. Huge with football coming up, college football ramping up starting this weekend already, which is crazy. Uh, and Devin will drop the link in the YouTube chat uh, to get you 10 bucks off your first month if you are interested in signing up for a single sport or combo package or build your own uh, type of uh, premium package. Uh, so do that. And then we've also got our uh, prize picks promo. Uh, I believe I did the quick math on this right before we, uh, we came on the air. I think Noto, you and I uh, both missed uh, last week, uh, thanks to, to Neiman. Um, but uh, that's okay. We'll get back on track this week. And, and I know Noto's got the, uh, the no overs uh, in his uh, this week. I took an over in mine. But uh, uh, what are you looking at this week? Yeah, so I actually went 0 for 3 last week. Oh, you did? Um, okay. Well, so... I think I went 1 for 3. <laughs> So here's the trick. You bet you bet my three that I like, and then you bet against them, and then you can't lose. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so this week, I like uh, Cantlay under 18 and a half. I think he's steady. Um, I like Hovland for the same reasons. And then Paul Casey, just was all, all with the short game last week why he struggled. So um, under 23 and a half for him. Hovland under 20 and a half. Cantlay under 18 and a half. I went with uh, Justin Thomas under 15 and a half, Rory under 18 and a half. And those are pretty inflated numbers for them. And then Cam Smith over 18 and a half, same number as Rory seems a little strange. Uh, and just, uh, you know, after last weekend, a short turnaround to, to this week. And, uh, you know, I'm a little jaded by, uh, by missing out on him last week. So over it is on Cam Smith. Check it out, uh, prizepicks.com, or you can download their app. And uh, use promo code grinders to get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit. So uh, check out prize picks, check out rotor grinders premium, and I will check out our guest, the golfer segment. I have uh, been focusing on those. Let's see if we got a winner yet. Uh, let's see somebody, somebody guessed HB three. Um, I like him. I, I think he's interesting. Somebody asked if Finau had another baby uh, since Monday. <laughs> yes, that was Wiley's uh, promise from last week. Uh, Mike Campbell asking if the value golfer is going to play more than one round this week. That's the hope. That's the goal. Um, and also voting that we don't have the segment anymore. That's fair. Uh, but again, it can't uh, it can't go worse. Uh, or you could just not play the guy that we pick. And, yeah, and auto fade. But, uh, nobody's going to guess it. They've coordinated a protest 
of the guest, the golfer segment uh, in the chat. So uh, well played there, but uh, all right. Well, before we get there, we'll go ahead and move along. We're on different guys down here, um, which, uh, and this could be the range that, you know, makes or breaks the week uh, with a lot of those, you know, stars and scrubs or balanced builds. Either way, you're probably, you know, maybe going with one guy in the six Ks. Um, we've got Keith Mitchell as the chalk right now, which seems weird to me on this course and on bent grass. But uh, so I, I don't think I'm going to go there. Although he is on house money after birding, birdying the last three to make it last week. But um, I don't know. Interesting range here. Who are you liking in the six case? Yeah, I agree on Mitchell. Uh, if he's going to be anywhere close to double digits, I'll take my chances with the fade. I like Taylor Gooch. Uh, played a little bit of him last week. Uh, the irons have been really good. 20 strokes on approach over his last five. Pretty good putter as well. Um, I think he's interesting. And then who else did I have here? Cam Davis. He's a guy that just makes a lot of birdies. Hasn't been in the best of form recently, but um, he's making cuts. Even after his win, he's made four straight cuts. So I like him. And then I like um, a little bit of Mark Leishman. <laughs> None of his stats are going to point to him. But uh, from 175 to 200 and from 200 plus, he's third in this field. So uh, if you're going to be a lot of long iron shots, um, especially from the rough, because, you know, he can't hit a fairway. Uh, he'll be interesting. <laughs> Our guest is so far, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, we already talked about him. Uh, he's in the seven. He's at 7K exactly, so we both like him. Uh, he's not the winner of the contest, but uh, do like him a good bit. Um, not Grace, not Wise, not Homa, uh, though it does look like he's going to carry some ownership as well. You got any strong preference on Homa this week? Uh, the model likes him. He's been playing decent. He is a boomer bust guy. You know, we've got a lot of top tens this year, so I like him, but the ownership's pretty high. Yeah, I like, you know, taking some shots on guys that can make some birdies that are going to be lower owned down here. Um, you know, Ryan Palmer, his last five events, miscut, fourth, miscut, 26, miscut. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's been a little hit or miss for him, but he's 6,400. Uh, guys like that, I mean, you don't have to play a bunch of guys down here, but you know, Schwartzel, super popular a few weeks ago, burned everybody, uh, missed the cut last week too. So now Schwartzel, who was like 12% owned two weeks ago, is going to be about 2% this week. Guys like that uh, can be the, the difference makers in the GPPs this week. So, um, yeah, Cam Davis was going to be the other guy I was going to throw out to uh, to Noto. Uh, so he would have been the one guy we agreed upon in here, but I, I excluded him from the uh, conversation of the – Yes, the golfer segment because he's going to have some ownership. So, but I like him as well. Grillo is in my GPP pool. That's another one of them that uh, you just kind of never know what you're going to get. Missed the cut last week, uh, but only by a stroke. Uh, so I, I don't mind him. Bad putters unite with Grillo. Uh, he can be part of that team with, you know, with Keegan and, and those guys and Connors. So, um, but you're probably not going super crazy down here. I mean, I'm only going to have maybe four or five guys. Um, and, yeah. and as far as, you know, Mike's asking, yeah, there is no cut. Why do we care if a guy has missed eight cuts in a row? Well, that, you know, goes to. Yeah. If, you can if, lose if, a lot of points if uh, in four rounds of bad golf. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, there's no cut, but if they're languishing towards the bottom, you know, you're probably not winning a GPP with somebody that's finishing 65th. So it's all kind of relative there. Anybody else that you like that we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, a couple other notes. Not sure they'll make my player pool, but Hudson Swafford, 
last two weeks gained 13 and six strokes ball striking. So he's uh, in some pretty good form. And then last 24 rounds, Aaron Wise is eighth in birdie or better in the entire field. So um, guy that makes a lot of birdies and also can't putt. So it kind of fits the mold that we're looking for. All right. Well, we pretty much wrapped it up. Uh, executive decision on my part. We're going to make Emiliano Grillo the guest, the golfer, because he was the only guy that was guest uh, that was in the original few that I had uh, had put out there before the show. And I think that was a pretty good guess for a low owned value. The actual guy that we had chosen was Kazire, uh, or I guess I had chosen and nobody guessed him. But Tate, congratulations. You're the winner. Free Rico Rotor Grinders Premium. Devin will hook you up uh pivot from from kazire to grillo and then that way if uh <laughs> if kazire only gets one round in then we know it was the curse of the the segment again uh this week uh we'll, we'll see we can we can play that spin that however we want now that there was a pivot last minute but uh yeah should be a lot of fun gone uh, almost a little over 45 minutes here so that's pretty good for a, a two-man booth and a and a 70 golfer field this week uh, tour championship is next week. We'll take that event off with only 30 golfers. We will have our usual content uh, over at Roto Grinders. So if you're a member, you can see the first look and, and, and all the stuff that we put out there for free. Uh, if you're a premium subscriber, you will have all our usual content, uh, written content, but we will uh, pass on the show next week with only 30 golfers. And then we'll be back. There are two full field events in September. Uh, so we'll be here for those with the Ryder Cup sandwiched in between so be a couple weeks off and we'll be back with you in uh, september as the uh, the new season kicks off enjoy the bmw and the tour championship best of luck in all your contests and uh, for our producer Devin, working hard as always behind the scenes for you and for noto i am justin take care everybody thanks for watching 